Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Boar. I'm John. I'm Kristen. Wow. Kristen. It's been a while. Who are you? Oh my gosh, it's been years. <laughs> How many years has it been? Oh, at least two or three, I think. It's been a while. Well, if you're just tuning in to Nerdy Show's nearly decade-long run, you may remember Kristen from... I don't know, five years ago, perhaps? Yeah, I used to work on the uh, server of Awesome, and we did the arts and culture stuff, and then, you know. Life happened? Yeah. Well, welcome back. It's been far, far too long. Indeed. <laughs> um, so, this, this is, we're, we're, <laughs> this, this is uh, we should just catch up with you immediately. Yeah. You've been doing some weird things, some, some unexpected and cool things. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you became a YouTube celebrity... So, for, the, for the niche world of fragrances. I wouldn't say I'm a... Wait, how does that translate to video? <laughs> Good question. Oh, I'm still learning that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I'm a celebrity, but I definitely have, for the past two years, been devoting a lot of my spare time to reviewing and sharing my passion for perfumery and olfactive art with YouTube. And I've been very grateful and flabbergasted at the amount of support I've gotten. She just said olfactive art. Yeah, I've never heard that phraseology even... before. That's yeah. that's it makes that, sense. Yeah, they literally refer to themselves as fragheads. What? That's ill-advised. I know. <laughs> I don't think they understand. I thought that was like a like a quake fandom thing. Exactly. We've yeah, taken what, it. What, what the hell? Taken it over. No, you can't have it. <laughs> We're taking the frags back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got plenty. If you need some. Uh, yeah. So, what does that mean? And describe. Um, well, I guess, um, a few years ago, two years ago, I really, I've always really been super into fragrance and... So you've been a smell nerd. Yeah. I've been an, a nose nerd. <laughs> there we go. Better. And so it's been really, um, awesome to be able to share my passion and knowledge with, um, a lot of people who have the same passion and knowledge, or I would say even more passion and knowledge. 
So I've reviewed fragrances. I've created one fragrance or had one fragrance created for me by a very prominent nose, um, Christy Michelle from House of Matriarch. And I'm currently right now, um, hopefully in the next few weeks, going to announce another fragrance I'm working on. And all the profits of that are going to go to charity. So actually, the cool. charity is the Big Cat Rescue that you... I love Big Cat yeah, Rescue. Yeah, me too. So that's the charity where all the profits are going to. And that's currently one of the things I've been working on. And it's going to be a very conceptual avant-garde fragrance that is going to be very hard to wear. But that's okay because that's what, how I like to spell it. You know, you said prominent nose. And that made me think, you know, I've actually considered getting plastic surgery in the past to avoid being called that. See, I have a very prominent nose. So I have a <laughs> lot of experience with that. <laughs> definitely from my grandfather's side of the family but <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that i want to back up and talk about of what you just said because that's a bunch of loaded statements there uh let's start back let's start up with the part where you created a fragrance or you had some part in creating a fragrance and now of course you're about to create another one mm-hmm. um well for okay let's let's also hit some bullet points what's your youtube channel called beauty meow okay and uh how did you end up having a, a scent made how's that work um well over the course depends of on what you eat <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point yeah over the years um or over the year and a half i've developed a lot of relationships and friendships not so much business relationships but friendships with people that own brands and businesses so um on my facebook one day i was kind of chiming in about how i was a little bit underwhelmed or wanted more of a specific style of fragrance, which is an oud-based fragrance with uh, citrus notes. And a friend of mine who... What's that first word you just said? Oud. oud. It's a very... Uh, okay, so oh, that's a Doctor Those are who aliens thing. from Doctor Who, yeah. and they speak through a little ball that kind of like has a straw that it's goes like into their mouth. Yeah, into their yeah they have that, the ball. Yeah. They're yeah. vaping. I think yeah. they're, they're uh, vaping? No, I don't think they're vaping. Oh, okay. Honestly, the oud and fragrances probably smells like how those guys would smell in real life. Which is like... It's an agar wood, but what happens is is when there is a fungus in the center of the agar wood, it's actually attacked by resins from the tree. And so that's primarily where oud comes from. So it's a very skanky, almost barnyard, very strong... John knows what I'm talking about. And that lines up with the Doctor Who guys. Yeah. And also the... Uh, and I um, want to rub it all over my body. The, the, <laughs> the original catchphrase of Kenny Rogers Roasters, it's the oud that makes it good. Ah, that's a good Kenny Rogers Roasters reference. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay, John? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so Oud. Yeah, so a friend of mine who owns a, a, a a luxury natural perfumery house, she basically emailed me and was like, let's do it. And that was really awesome. So I worked with her. I created art for the fragrance, and I had some input. But most of the actual fragrance input. was... Input. Yes. Yeah. Input, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> yes, okay. More had, input. I had some input in how uh, I wanted the fragrance to smell specific notes and specific um, ingredients. And so she basically created the scent for me. So I did have input, but it was like uh, inspired by Kristen West. Right. So now, but now you're getting your hands dirty. Yeah, as dirty as I can. Would that affect the smell? It depends on if I wash my hands before or after. You're getting your hands dirty with an avant-garde scent. Yes. So in in the realm of avant-garde scents, I have a personal example I can cite. When when Nerdy Show's John Laval and Crystal Casale got married, I got uh, John as a bachelor gift. A, a experimental fragrance that was called Dark Ride. 
and it's it's a, a, a skull thing that looks like absinthe kind of sold inside of a VHS clamshell was container. It, was that by Zyrena? I don't recall. I think so. Um, we'll it link to it in this episode's page. It was the, it's the, uh, the VHS case, mm-hmm. case, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Zyrena. Their stuff is crazy. Anyway, continue. Well, it, the, its scent was specifically, and I can attest, it, this is confirmed, it in fact did smell this way, to smell like a water dark ride, like Pirates of the Caribbean. It has that strange odor there, which they cited as being... Um, like ozone with a hint of mildew and so on. Oh, yeah. I love... Yeah, I just fra- want to splash that all over me. That sounds there, delightful. Well, there is a fragrance out there that's been around for a while. It's from Etat Le Bré d'Ange, and they are known as a very cheeky niche house, and the fragrance is called Secretions Magnifiques. <laughs> it is designed to smell like urine, piss, blood, semen, pus, saliva, and I've worn it, and oh, my God, God, it's disgusting. Why, why, why did you do that to yourself? One, what? And, and what was that name again? Because I want to write this down. Secretions Magnifiques. The old design on the art before they redid the design. No, you said a word before that. Oh, Etat Libre d'Ange. Oh, yeah. I've never heard someone more disappointed to hear French in his life. Well, I'm really bad at speaking French, but I'm... Usually people are very disappointed when they hear me speak French. I watching Frasier again. So yeah, so Zyrena is actually also really well known for their crazy fragrances. I have a fragrance from them called Hella Nut. Wait, you didn't answer my other question. Is wh- Why the hell did you wear that? Oh, well, I did it because it was kind of like a challenge on my channel to wear it and review it and do a first impressions on it. Did you leave the house? Um, it stayed on my skin through like three showers. So even Ew. if I, but there's some, I mean, t- mm. well, actually somebody that I know who smelled it actually really liked it. It kind of reminded them of a, yep. like a sexy night that they had. You can't see what? it. Bor just made one hell of a face. <laughs> what? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I have a sample. I, I don't have it with I me. I kind of wish that I asked you to bring this up. That oh, would have been amazing. <laughs> We could make we could make the nerdy show recording studio smell repugnant forever. Yeah, it would. It, it's we only do that when you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little gift for when you come back. <laughs> oh, I mean that's real though. No, it's it's real. Uh, one time Cap was gone and uh, I was the head of the show and Brandon was tasked with coming up with some topics and ideas and fun activities and he and he chopped a bunch of onions while we were recording. He thought that would be a fun thing to do to just have the the lingering scent of onions in here and try to get us to all cry while we were recording what is up with this group of friends and making people suffer like it's about it's about having shared experiences um you know just shared experiences good and bad okay yeah (laughs) yeah it made tony really upset (laughs) and also when i came in here it smelled like onions weeks later oh yeah it kind of reminded me of your uh gross perfume I don't own it. It's actually like a really expensive, well, not a really expensive It was perfume. on loan. It's it like was a, on loan? <laughs> it's I like, need that back. <laughs> Somebody needs to smell like turds. People buy that and it's a $150 bottle of perfume. Why? Oh my God. I'm Collectors. Gonna, I know what I'm going to do now. Do you uh, want do it? Do a lot I'll, of people. I'll send you a sample. No, I don't, I don't want it. I'm going to make my own. You might like it. <laughs> I'm just going to shit in a little jar and start selling it. You got to mix it with like, fixing oh, it so it stays on your skin. Here's some It'll French words that right. I associate with this piss. And and now you have to buy it for lots of money. <laughs> well, actually, in fragrance, when you're describing fragrances, even sure. fragrances that aren't designed to smell like yeah. piss and semen and saliva, 
there are notes like fecal notes and mm -hmm. urine notes, specifically when you're using like musks and things like that from animals, what? like animalic scents. They do describe it as being a little bit fecal. If what? I ever created a scent and it had fecal notes to it, as you described, <laughs> I would throw it out and start over. <laughs> I have failed at making a pleasant scent. Let's get rid of this and start again. But what about animal desire bore? No. What about rutting? No, you can just go get smelly on your own. Like, go to the gym real no, quick. No, no, easy. You can go to you go to Walmart. You go to Walmart. You go to the hunting section, and you buy a bottle of doe urine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they sell that at Walmart. GTG. Yeah, of course they do. They sell everything. DTF. Why, Why is that? Yeah. Down to do. fragrance <laughs> is what that stands uh, for. Down to fragrance. I I am disturbed that there are people that want this stuff. Well, I mean, perfume's been using ambergris forever. Yeah. That's yeah. a very popular note. It's, what what's what is that? It's whale hork. Oh, there are stories. You like, didn't learn this from Futurama. I've seen Roseanne. The, the hologram of Roseanne Barr teaches you this. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> it's very expensive too. Like if you find a piece of ambergris on the beach, it's very rare. You could like buy a house with it. Like it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Did they make uh, metal detectors for that? Uh, whale vomit detectors. You just got to find the right person. <laughs> In the right place at the right time. Yeah, do they train like like pigs to find it? Like no. a truffle? No, but considering the price of truffles, I think it's about close to the same price. So huh. And, and it's not just it's it's not just goo. It like it's it's like a solid chunk. Yeah, it's like a like a sticky rock. Yeah. Ah. Sticky said, rock. Okay. I'm gonna cover my body in this so it smells good. I have fragrances with ambergris. I love them. <laughs> but I also like to smell weird, so yeah. Mm. Well, no, I have some. You fra smell fine right now. Well, that's because I'm not wearing any I'm fragrance saying. right now. Because I was in the car with John, and I didn't want to do that to him for hours. <laughs> so the fragrance that um, that I worked on with uh, Christy Michelle, it's a um, it's an oud based fragrance. So it's got that kind of skanky, like barnyard skanky. oud. It's definitely skanky. It but smells like Scott. I'm gonna sounds. giggle a little bit every time you could de describe something as skanky. I can't help it. <laughs> But it's um it's got vanilla and lapsang souchong and some beautiful uh, vintage what was, lemongrass. What? Back up. Lapsang souchong. Lapsang souchong is yeah, actually, that's a tea. It's a tea. It's a smoked tea. Oh god. Okay. So, it smells like tanned leather. Practically, so, <laughs> it tastes like tanned leather, but in a delicious way. So it's a vanilla skanky tea. I have. Scent. I have it in my bag. My fragrance. If you'd like me to go grab it, if you guys want to try it. Sure. Yeah. Bring okay. It Bring it on. So I have it here. This is the one I keep in my bag. I'll let Boar try it first. You don't have to spray it on you. Well, I'm not going to because it smells like smells like a fine skanky vanilla tea or whatever. It just kind of smells like an old woman. That's how one of the ways I like to smell. Okay. Much okay. <laughs> <laughs> to my chagrin. I'm sorry, John. You want to try a cap? Yeah, let's hit it. Mm. Oh, oh, maybe a little little much. Okay. <laughs> Small closed space. Oh no, that's really nice. It's citrusy and, and yeah. uh, I, I like how you know what this smells instead like, right? of just smelling it like I did, <laughs> you decided to immediately without smelling apply it to yourself. Well actually it smells different. And it will smell different on every a little bit different on everyone because people's body chemistry affects right. I know how perfume works. People can be a little stinky, so it's gonna smell like their stink a little bit. Well, like on my mom when she wears um, wood-based fragrances, it could have like citruses, it could have florals. It only smells like wood. 
because mm. her skin pulls those wood notes like really intensely. Or perhaps it's the other way around and it literally just absorbs all the flowers. But like if we wear the same fragrance, it'll smell completely different on me than it does on her. I can verify the smells better than the room does. Um, <laughs> and it. Uh, I it, can verify that it, the room now smells like that perfume. It, it, yeah, it's, like, it's almost it's like, like incense. It's like walking into a lush, which is great because mm-hmm. I really enjoy lush. Um, there's a lot of very clear citrus notes and, uh, that, that woody vibe is totally there. It's like one of the, like if you, if you open up like a, like a red wood drawer mm-hmm. and like the, the, the drawer smells Fine like, like cedar a, planks. Yeah, like a good cedar tr- chest of some kind. And the really cool thing about that lemongrass is she actually sourced vintage lemongrass for the 1970s. It's ancient so, lemongrass. So, That's believe, bonkers. Juice. Yeah. So she actually, when in creation of this fragrance, she wanted to use a very special lemongrass because it was a little bit smoother and not as sharp as other lemongrasses. So Okay. So I, I've got just got a, a hypothetical here. <laughs> So I'm the kind of person that I can't go into uh, stores like Bath and Body Works or, I don't know, Yankee Candle stores or any of those stores that have, like, really pungent scents. I don't like those scents. I can't go in there at all because, like, I'm just overwhelmed. Um, What about, like, a good fragrance? Does that mean that I have a good nose or a bad nose? It means you have a sensitive nose. But the thing is, is generally the fragrances in those specific shops are meant to be overpowering. You're supposed uh. to walk past them and smell them, and they're supposed to draw you well, in. I know they do that with, like, you know, cinnamon bun smells. Yeah, cinnamon bun smells so much better to be drawn into that yeah. area than, like, but, but that's, a Yeah, I will follow those. Yeah, so... If it was just cinnamon buns, it wouldn't be a problem. It's when there's, like, literally, <laughs> well, you know, I several mean, hundred smells, and you're like, I can't distinguish anything. No. It's just loud loud smell i mean yankee candle nick needs to you know they 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 are crafting powerful scents for powerful people like stroke and denim temptress these are these are important flavors whoa whoa. stroke and denim temptress so are we talking about medical stroke are we talking about medical strokes um uh well well if you got a denim temptress what do you think it smells like burnt toast that Stroke. sounds amazing. Actually, the really? <laughs> Bath and Body Works had a candle a few years ago, or maybe 10 years ago, forever ago, that smelled exactly like buttered mashed potatoes. It was bizarre, because when you walked past it, you thought somebody was at the food court, and they had just bought mashed potatoes. And you're like, where the fuck did this scent come from? And then it's just this candle burning in the midst of all these floral and fruit and other fragrances. But that... That mashed potato smell cut through all of them. You know, like this crazy. reminds me of last week when we were talking about those uh, potato chips that taste exactly like a hot Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing going on. Though, did we bring that up in the episode? Yeah, we did. Did we? I thought we did. I don't think we did, but hey. We, I can, we totally did, I think, maybe. I can vouch for the 7-Eleven <laughs> uh, sausage chips are excellent, and they taste exactly like sausages. That yeah. sounds amazing. With, with peppers on them and everything. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's going to Big Cat Rescue. What's it called? Uh, the fragrance actually currently not this one. This is a separate. This is a separate project. Uh, I haven't. We haven't named it yet, actually. But currently, the fl- uh, the flavor. I always call it flavor. The Why scent- is it not called Beauty Meow? If that's uh, like your brand and it's it gives to cats. Well, it's it's not going to be called Beauty Meow because the house that's going to be releasing it is going to be released as a limited edition scent underneath their house rather than me releasing it as my own fragrance so that way more money can go to the cats because if i were to release it under my own name i would have to buy bottles i would have to buy caps i would have to bottle it myself it would gotcha take a lot more overhead well i can donate one cap 
one cap. Yes. <laughs> but also, <sighs> um, <laughs> it's really not so much. I've a- donated you. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Yeah, it's, it's not a vanity project. So it's not like Beauty Meow's fragrance. It's just supposed to be a fragrance that I've wanted to create for, create for a very long time in my head. And I'm partnering with the perfect person to create it. So it's not so much a vanity project as it's more of just something I want to see out in the world. Well, that is cool. And uh, we've talked about smells for about 21 minutes, which is, I'm sure, more than you bargained for, dear listener. John. Now, I feel like we should have done that at the end, so now the rest of the discussion doesn't have to be overwhelming scents all around us. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Too late It's now. not your fault, it's Cap's fault. <laughs> well, actually, it is my fault, considering this is my fragrance, and I did bring it in here and offer to have you guys smell it. Well, yeah, you supplied the gun, but Cap pulled the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. Anyway, what's going on with you, John? Yeah. Hey. What? Who? <laughs> How? How is life, SciTech correspondent John West, who's uh, making an unusual appearance live in the studio? Yeah, I really miss not hearing your air conditioner in the background. You're normally a computer. To be fair, normally the air conditioner is off, so I have, you know, sweat coming off my brow, and it's horrible. Anyway, (laughs) um, what you're hearing normally... You should bottle that. That's a a powerful odor. Yeah. It is, but um, (laughs) nonetheless, the, the fan sound is actually the computer. Oh, okay. The massive tower. And usually we Lights. eliminate that noise in Nerdy Show because we're professionals. Yeah, but I still am used to hearing it while he's around. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's I true. can make a humming sound mm. in the back. Mm. Oh, yeah, if you could, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> and stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want the side tech or other? Shave, whatever. Uh, other? What's well, other? Yeah, what are you doing? We, we want to know about you. It's your what's, life. What's new in your life? What's important to you? You're, 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 you're a boy scientist. What, what have you been boy sciencing lately? <laughs> Soda carbonation. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, I've I dabbled in this before. Now I'm interested. What, 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 are, you, what are you doing? Carbonated perfume. Uh, wh- what? No? <laughs> <laughs> if you saw the look on his face, it was confusion and horror. It's your turn for weird looks, John. I just went diving down that hole, you know, you, you just look in there and you're like, damn, the ginger ale, it cost a bazillion dollars with the card stuff, you know what I'm saying, like the good things. Okay, so you're going good- into this, if I'm if I'm gathering what you're putting on the table, uh, is that you're trying to save money on soda by carbonating it yourself? No, man, I'm trying to make as much ginger ale as I can goddamn drink in a single sitting without spending like, you know, 20 bucks. So you're trying to save money on ginger ale. Oh, hold on. Hold <laughs> no, on. No. no, no. Premium, grade A, exquisite ginger ale. I, okay. I, do you mean ginger beer? No, man. Well, hold on. No, 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 no. The, the f- <laughs> ginger beer is where it's at. And what's more, the uh, the cost of ginger beer far outweighs the cost of ginger ale. So Right, right. But the key thing here really winds up being is, is that as far as I can tell, the only real difference between the two is that one's carbonated with yeast and the other one's normally applied as a syrup to seltzer water. That's interesting. I did not know that. I thought it was just intensity. He's been spending a very long time, and I mean a very long time, um, researching um, different recipes, different ways to carbonate no. the fragrance. Uh, not the fragrance. Now, look what you made me do, John. <laughs> to carbonate the uh, soda. I mean, we've been looking into getting like a kegerator or something. What? We talked oh, about. I mean, Even though we wouldn't nice. do that because we can't, but it was just kind of like a little joke we've been talking about. Now, I dabbled in this for a little bit. Did, did you make your own carbonation machine or are you using some sort of a commercially available product see that's the whole thing i've put it off right for now but i have all the parts just queued up in my amazon thing incidentally using nerdy shows 
Wait, so how are you doing it now? You have, answer my question. I, I, I made a syrup <laughs> instead, but that's you not how a, I want to live my life. You made a syrup? Yeah, I made a ginger. How are you carbonating it? That was my oh. question. By yeah. using just straight seltzer water from the store, which means, of course, it's oh. undercarbonated because it's not carbonated enough, which is why I want to make my okay. machine. Okay, see, you have to make your own machine. I, know. I don't know how I, I lost well mine, but how over the course of a- two moves... Yeah, that's the weirdest part is because the carbonation machine is like a six pound uh, CO2, yeah, canister, CO2 canister, which is huge. And it had all these pipes coming off of it and, uh, you know, dials and 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 special caps to carbonate stuff. And I somehow lost it during moves. Right. Uh, but I highly recommend going that route because you can carbonate the crap out of things. Yeah, no, I just, I kept looking at like the, the two liter things and then I was looking at like the actual Cornelius kegs and I was like, wow. That's fucking insane. Maybe I, I'll maybe that's what I'll do next time. Is five when I, gallons. When I rebuild, I'll I'll get into larger things. Because what I did was I got a two liter bottle cap thing mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you could carbonate whatever you put available in, two liter in both bottle. plastic and stainless steel. But that was a huge pain in the ass. So I think next time I'm gonna tweak that whole idea and start over. But huh. I am extremely interested in crafting interesting homemade sodas so. john you went a different direction though you made your own syrup which is not necessarily what people do regularly yeah i mean it is kind of actually a weird thing because like you wind up at like all these like craft beer kind of websites basically because uh-huh. they actually use a lot of the same t- stuff but um what they wind up selling there is actually basically the soda flavor so you bring the water and the sugar you dump in the flavor, and then you basically carbonate that in, like, a five-gallon Cornelius keg. And you said, fuck that, I'm making the flavor. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about it is, though, is, like, there's very few books, actually, I don't think there's, like, three or four that are, you know, really prominent at all on the entirety of Amazon. And also, what I've noticed... On doing what? Making syrup? Artisan yeah, yeah, sodas. Like, uh, like uh. recipes for sodas and that kind of stuff. And uh. also, when you go to those recipes, there's a variety of different ways that sodas can taste. Some of them are a light flickering of flavor in a very strong soda mm. water flavor. So it's very light, sweet, sometimes somewhat bitter. I'll give you the recipe for the favorite one that I made. And mm. it was basically, mm. Mm. what I did was I took a bunch of pineapple juice, right? Weird. Yeah. I started with pineapple juice, and then I added about probably, I think, 50% water uh, to the pineapple juice, and then I added a bunch of simple syrup, and it turned out to be, like, the best pineapple soda that I've ever had. That sounds awesome. We but, may- but that was, you know, obviously, I, I had the carbonation machine. That wouldn't be yeah. as easy for you to do and your current adds sparkling well, yeah. water to it. And, what and about the cider? Well, that, this is the whole thing. Like, this is this has been going on for years in a roundabout kind of way. We used to have, of course, a soda stream, which is, you know, generally net bad idea, right? Yeah. But, um, like, we had mulled, um, you know, apple cider. Oh. And then we carbonated it in the soda stream, which, of course, is explosive and, like, incredibly violent. <laughs> It was delicious. Why was it explosive? Because, because we didn't refrigerate it in the intro. So we literally like oh. carbonated the shit out of it. It has all the sugar in it, which provides like a bazillion nucleation sites for the carbon dioxide. Mm. And then it just like basically so detonates. We, so whenever we did that, we'd have to do it in the bathtub because otherwise it would, it literally looked like we murdered. You're making a bathtub sodas? <laughs> yeah, bathtub <laughs> sodas. But it was delicious. Now Somewhat that, literally. If you start a soda company, you should call it bathtub sodas. That sounds artisanal. Well, if if you do get one of those machines made or you purchase one or whatever, uh, definitely. You bring it on up here and we'll make ourselves some pineapple sodas. Well, I'm, I need to get back into it and, and you might have just reignited my passion. Um, but, you know, don't try carbonating milk. That's all I'm going to say. That sounds gross. 
you have my attention. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I went through a little bit of a phase where I was like, what can we carbonate? <laughs> oh, carbonated meat. And, you know, I could carbonate anything that I could get into a two-liter bottle. So. Yeah, no, modernist cuisine. And actually, um, the modernist cuisine would just recommend instead using a whipping siphon for that. But, you know. That sounds um, like something at a BDSM club, but all right. A whipping siphon? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it does. No, no, that's where the whipped cream comes from. When you're <laughs> that didn't make it sound any better. <laughs> and I mean the culinary exquisite thing as opposed to the excretions magnifique. And, hey. and and you said the modernist cookbook. Though I suppose technically lactate would be... Lactating a... wood? What? Nice. Well, you said lactating wood. I know. I oh, that's it. the word of the day. And that's where the whipped cream comes from. Ding, 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 ding. Lactating wood. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Thanks, John. <I> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll have mine straight from the spigot. <laughs> right. God. Anyway, John, <laughs> damn. You're no, you're, the whipping siphon has a large enough mouth for you to put cubed meat in easily. And then you can carbonate it. That was the whole fucking point. Cubed meat. It got better. <laughs> I don't know how. Modernist gotta cuisine. Put, gotta put that cubed pro- meat in the whipping siphon. We're gonna have some carbonated meat. I'll tell you probably what. Probably volume two, because I think that's the equipment one, probably has something about that. What are you, what are you modernist cuisine? Is that a book? A book yeah, series. The, the modernist cuisine. The like, what is it? How much are they? 500? Basically, anyway. um, it's a. Uh, end all be all of modernist molecular gastronomy cuisine and they go really in depth in <laughs> in regards to uh, equipment the history uh, recipes and things like that and when you buy the the books they come in like volumes so the first volume actually john got it for me for my birthday like five six years ago i feel like it's been forever whatever it came out i don't remember and um, thousands of years ago before Sigourney it's Weaver. like 50 pounds <laughs> yeah no the the it's heavy but um it's really interesting it's like if you're interested in like I'm like not. the scientific side of cooking and you want to learn a little bit more about modernist cooking it's a fantastic book so the one uh, the only cooking you should care about because it uses modern reality and science instead of the hoodoo you got from the French from, you know, like fucking thousand years ago. There's not a whipping siphon or lactating wood. I don't care. <laughs> Man, there's all that and more. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, John, what what fascinates me the most about your um, uh, ginger beer ale making is that, I mean, I've been, uh, I mean, you, you and I both know this, but the listeners probably don't. Like, uh, we're both very much into ginger beers and ales. what are you going to post your list on the I, internet i don't for, know for maybe, the maybe this good is the occasion. of all mankind for the last year and a half i've been compiling a list of every ginger beer that i've had um and giving them a letter grade and it's been an interesting journey i found you go you go to big box stores like um uh total wine and more and go in the back creep out in the mixin section and you'll find some unusual uh brands of ginger beer and uh, stuff I've never seen before, stuff from all over the world, and some of it amazing. Ginger beer is exceptional. It's not just a mixer. That's fucking bullshit. Like, it's one of the greatest drinks ever made. So I have some very passionate feelings about this, and I, I have a list of I don't know how many um, different ginger beers. I can share with you the, the tippy top. Um, the number one thing is Camp Fangamer is happening this coming weekend. If, if you haven't, if you're anywhere near Tucson, Arizona, you should go to it. Um, 
it's going to be incredible, an immersive experience. I have a little hint of what's going to happen. And also, if you're not able to make it out there, there will be something very much worth your while to do uh, at home to participate in Camp Fangamer this year. It's going to be very exciting. I can say no more. But if you do make it does out... Does it involve mayonnaise hole? Yes, it does. <sighs> so maybe, Why did we never start up the mayonnaise hole league? Well, here's the thing. I totally... I, I would never willfully not make it to Camp Fangamer. But unfortunately, I couldn't make it this year. It's the same weekend as San Diego Comic-Con, which I'm also not making it out to. <laughs> I, like, There's a lot. I like how that was like your reason why you no, couldn't no, be no, there. No, I'm just saying, well, like, I can't be there that, because that's that the same weekend. weekend is the episode I'm also of, not going to be on that. I mean, like, there's, I'm saying there's a lot going on. There's so much going on that I'm neither going to Camp Fangamer nor San Diego Comic-Con. So it's a whole thing. Um, I'm waiting for the lame thing that you are going to go oh, attend. God, it's a work thing. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, okay. It pays the bills. Um, <laughs> but... The reason I bring up Camp Fangamer, which takes place in Tucson, Arizona, is if you go there, you can get the only ginger beer that has ever gotten an A-plus from me. Yeah. Hmm. That is a homemade ginger beer at the Welcome Diner in Tucson, Arizona. Wow. It is incredible. It has no equal. It's, it's, it's fruity. It's zesty. Uh, you can tell that someone made this by hand, and you're being served it extremely fresh. Uh, it, it, it's incredible. Now, I will give you... I, I guess I'll post this list somewhere somehow. We'll link to it in this episode's page. Um, but I'll give you the A's. Here's the A's. Here's the things you should, should the things you should look out for. Reed's Extra Ginger Brew, all-natural Jamaican-style ginger brew. You can get that at Whole Foods, but it is... I feel like you fed me one of those one time. Probably did. It's it's an A. It'll burn you is on the way the down. Is that the spicy one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The other one, which is equally spicy, Ginger People Bottoms Up Unfiltered Ginger Beer. That one's harder to get, and it's the most expensive ginger beer I've ever bought. How much is it? It's like... I mean, granted, ginger beer is nothing by actual beer prices, but it's like, it's I like think like tens 12, of cents. Twelve bucks for four. That's pretty decently priced. Or between twelve and eight, depending on where you are. I think. Anyway, um, Bundaberg. Is, ah, that's Bundaberg. Is is hmm. well, it's actually Australian. Ah. Hmm. And mm. that that one is is top shelf, really good. You can get it at Total Wine and more. Uh, has a kangaroo on it. It's very very good, and it comes in. Uh, an old timey style like round brown bottle with a pull tab on it. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yep. Um, and there's a weird variant of that that happens around the holidays, which is not as good. I rated it a. Where is it? Well, there's a, there's a Christmas one, and it it's like it's got like holiday flavors and it's holiday it's, flavors. Yeah, is it's it a, that's a that's a B a Bundaberg spice ginger beer. That's a B minus. Is it a gingerbread ginger beer? Kind of, that's... but it, it's got a little bit more ants in it than you would expect. Mm-hmm. What um, ants? Ants? Yeah, ants. Ants. Um, and uh, DG genuine Jamaican ginger beer, very good. But I try to keep things with high fructose corn syrup off my list, and it does have it. But it is. I I, I have a question. Yes. What is the worst one? I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that I beat, is. I beat you to it. There's, there's only one D-grade ginger beer. Oh, that's as low as you go as D. So far. Okay. Um, it's I'm going to create the world's worst ginger <laughs> beer for <laughs> that is you. St. John Brewers. I'm sorry to say. Um, they seem like they're probably. St. John is probably from the Caribbean. They're probably where ginger beer comes from, but it, they're awful. D. Now, so I'm gonna is... get some of her gross perfume, right? I don't. And I'm gonna put it around the rim <laughs> of this ginger beer that I make, so that when you're drinking it, not only do the contents taste underwhelming, 
but you're going to have a little bit of hints of fecal matter and urine. <laughs> you know, I think you, you really you hit on something there. You pus and blood and no, semen. No, and I just want to keep it basic. <laughs> mm. It's going to be just classically gross. None of that fancy biz? Yeah, like brewed in a back alley by a homeless man. That's going to be the aesthetic. <laughs> but how oh, are you going to serve it to him? <laughs> derelict, exactly. It derelict out of that guy's rancid old cock. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> uh, wasn't going to go there, but okay. Is that the lactating wood we were talking about <laughs> That's earlier? That's the very one. He can't really control it anymore. It's kind of sad. <laughs> but uh, as for me, uh, I, I, Bore and I both saw different concerts. We did. I'll I'll say what I saw because it's less it's less of a deal than what you saw in some ways. I I saw a, a, it was a big deal to me, but you know. Well, we'll see. Go I, ahead. I, I saw a Chrono Trigger concert. Ooh. Music of Chrono Trigger arranged and performed. Um. Well, not arranged by, but performed by the Orlando Contemporary Chamber Orchestra. There was some kind of Kickstarter going on to make this uh, Chrono Trigger thing happen. It was great, and I came. I but I did, I I stayed for the Chrono Trigger, but what I came for was one of the opening acts, which is the chamber orchestra performed some brand new work by Ryan McQuinn, the guy who does the score for Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program and Dungeons and Doritos. Ah. He's, he's doing music for a, uh, a sci-fi video game, and it debuted there. He did a suite of all the pieces worked together, and it was wonderful. That sounds awesome. I'll link to where you can watch an entire stream of the, the whole performance on this episode's page. Nice. Now, what about you? Yeah, what'd you see? Yeah. I went and saw Coheed and Cambria. Oh, oh dope. Is that yeah. where you got that kick-ass shirt from? It is where I got this kick-ass shirt from. It's got a weird sigil on it that's not the usual Coheed and Cambria sigils. Yeah, so what's going on in the uh, Coheed and Cambria universe is that... Uh, oh, as, well, actually, whoa. back up. Backing up. Coheed and Cambria are a, uh, a rock band that tell... Prog rock, or... Um, is it progressive? I, I think it's prog. Yeah. Um, they tell song stories in both albums and comic books. Yeah. Concept albums. Yeah. All but one of their albums is a concept album. And they're all linked together. Except for that one. Except yes. for that one. Yes. It's all the same universe. Uh, their newest uh, record, which is coming out, I believe, in October, uh, is going to be a continuation of their previous... Uh, it's going to be in the same universe as... After the events of their last album, the the is last that, one chronologically in the storyline, which is not anywhere near the latest one, it is their. Oh boy, I just got real. So wait, they're not releasing them in sequence, but this no, time they are releasing them in sequence. They've been no, not not technically because they did the second one was their first album, the third one was their second album, the fourth one, what well, I I lost count, but they started at two, they got up to. Four part two, and then they went back to one, and so then they did like a, a and then they, Star Wars kind of thing. Hold on, and then they did a two album prequel. <laughs> uh huh. And now this one is is going to be. Uh, I think they said there's going to be five more albums, starting in the newest part of the universe. Yeah. That if that made any sense whatsoever, and so that's how you build a the, devoted fan base. It's like... the furthest in the future. <laughs> uh huh. So 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 far they've released two songs, uh-huh. um, and they're fucking awesome. And uh, I was really looking forward to seeing those songs performed live because Coheed and Cambria's fan base is really energetic and dedicated, and everybody knows every song 
like by heart. Like everybody is singing the entire concert along with the band, right? So they released these songs ahead of time. In my mind, it's probably to get the fans to know what the songs are so they can sing along, right? Because that's how they do. Sure. The venue that uh, they played at is an outdoor one in Tampa, and they have a very hard cutoff time because it's an outdoor amphitheater. There are local laws that make them shut down at exactly 11 o'clock. So they finished with one of the songs, and they went off the stage. And I was like expecting this other song because they had played it the previous night. Uh, and it, it, the song is called Unheavenly Creatures. So I was expecting it to be played as part of the encore. They walked off stage and, and everybody started tearing down because it was that Fuck. hard 11 o'clock cutoff. Uh, and then, you know, of course, they played it the next night, too. So it, the only song that I wanted to hear really badly, they didn't play. So that 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 kind of upset me. But it, it's always an amazing show. And it was by far the largest crowd that I have ever seen them play to. Well, and that's why Orlando needs a large yet still mid-sized for large venue. So and I had amazing seats. Amazing. Seats. I would expect nothing less for Boar. Yeah, no, it's got to be. It's got to be only the best. <laughs> Unless I can't get the best, and then I'll settle for something a little bit lower. <laughs> if you dig this show or any of the shows on the Nerdy Show Network, we are entirely listener supported. We might have ads from time to time, but we thrive, rely. On you exclusively. We need you very, very passionately and very, very deeply. Yeah, we're not like athletes. We don't have athletic supporters, so we need listeners to support us. Yeah, that we we have only existed uh, because of you fine folks. In fact, Did we you like that jockstrap joke there. Oh, this is really, I didn't so. get it actually, but oh, okay, oh, go I get it. continue. I get it okay, continue. Um, yep. we actually found out recently there was a, a report done that we, we discovered only via Twitter that is that we're the longest running games and hobbies podcast on Apple Podcasts. That's which crazy. basically means in the world. Yes, yeah. As basically. far as anybody cares, I mean, which means that we, if Anyways. anyone started before us, and certainly they did, uh, we're still around. So we've been here a long time, and that's purely because of you amazing folks who have supported us. Um, Sometimes we slide a little bit too far out of the genre when we talk about, like, perfumes or foods. This is a, this is a <laughs> weird one. I'll bring it back. I swear. I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> Hopefully you've enjoyed this journey. I know... We slide in I mean, and out of the genre pretty, pretty I, regularly. I mean, honestly, I know that our shows have been, for this program, this, the nerdy show has been very strange for the past... The? Did you say the? I mean, not that it's called the, but like okay. this show, you okay. know, nerdy show. Gotcha. Not the nerdy show, but this show. Okay. Um, we've we've gotten very strange over the past year. Like, you know, I'm it, sorry. It's, it's a, we're all sorry, but it's it's, <laughs> you know, a, if, I'm just taking the blame for that. It's my fault, probably. If you like us more, if you like us less, let us know. We'll we'll you know, we'll we'll dance because we're your monkeys. And we like yeah. having a good time. We like having, hanging out. Uh, so you should support us on Patreon. Even a dollar a month makes does make a huge difference. If everyone who listened gave a dollar, um, at least a dollar, obviously, if you can give more, that that really does help out. But, um, you know, we'd be in a good place. We're only just barely making uh, making the bare minimum of what we need. So uh, it's important that that you folks support us when you can. We do understand. I mean, we're all like in our early thirties and uh, a life is a bitch so you know uh we we get it but uh so we we everybody who who contributes thank you so much special shout out to kutsushita who's taken advantage of the opportunity to give us a one-time donation he does that quite a bit actually um 50 bucks 
Thank you very, very much, Kutsushita. We also have some new patrons. Ron Ron and Nikolai Torkskog. Welcome to the Patreon. Hopefully Yay. you're enjoying all the uh, the Woo-hoo. bonus perks we have. Um, and if, if, you, if you haven't checked it out, do check, do check out all the, the, uh, the perks we have available. If you're giving a one-time donation at nerdyshow.com slash support, if you just like, you know, I like this one show, here's five bucks, that's cool, you can do that. Um, but also consider subscribing. But if you get to the highest tier, what, what is the highest tier uh, monetary value? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Are you 20 bucks? No, 100. No, the, the highest tier. No, there's there's one beyond that, isn't there? It's like 5,000 a month or something. Oh, no, that's that's our goals, not our tiers. No, 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 no. But I I think we're setting up a, a $5,000 goal. Oh, that's the, right. Tier, right. Tier, right. So, yeah, and so after you take the $5,000 tier, you get all of the perks of the previous tiers. But after you've been at that level for at least five months, then we send John West to your house. That's right. He's worth it. As your personal robo-butler. But we're not going to tell you when. We just have to know where you live, and you're going to get some surprise science. Uh, (laughs) I get surprise science every day. (laughs) Well, one lucky fan who pledges $5,000 a month after five months will get get some surprise science in their life with John West. We'll get to be in my shoes for 24 hours. (laughs) Only available in the continental U.S. We have another way to support us. And that is to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It, it's totally free. It's kind of a pain in the butt, but if you Podchaser like us, is not a pain in the butt. Podchaser is not a pain in the butt. Apple Podcasts slash iTunes is always a pain in the butt. Podchaser is a joy. Podchaser is a, is a gift, is a blessing. Uh, you can actually you can make playlists on Podchaser now. So if you and I make, do, do you have you? No. Oh, you could make a nerdy show greatest hits playlist. Your favorite episodes, you can make a playlist of that. You could share it with us, and we could share it with other people. I that's could. A, that's a thing you can do. That's a very new feature for Podchaser. Podchaser is where you want to go if you want to be able to search specific podcast episodes, search specific podcasters, to interface with podcasts in a way that is far more meaningful than what is available at Apple Podcasts. You could make an all-bore playlist. That's and right. just listen to me constantly. Or we could just give Start them your phone Derpy number. Show. They could just call you different times. Well, that's of the, night. the six thousand dollar a month tier. <laughs> you get access to Boar's phone Patreon. number. Patreon, yeah. six thousand dollars a month. Yep. Uh, he will change it if uh, if you stop giving. So you. You wanna... know, that's actually an interesting thing that that you bring up changing a phone number. I I went into a Verizon store recently. Well, it was probably a couple months ago. It was it was a few months ago. But I learned from because I needed a new SIM card and he had to look up my account. He was like, eh, "Let me look up your account real quick." And he and he said, "Wow, you've had this account for over 19 years." 
I've had the same exact phone number for my cell phone for sure over 19 years. That's ridiculous. You should keep it going. I mean, I have two. It's ridiculous. How have we done this? By being awesome? I guess. Well, I'm not I've awesome. never changed my phone number, though. Ever. I'm not awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever want to change my phone number. So if you've ever had my phone number, uh, listeners out there, <laughs> you can still get a hold of me. Unless I but, blocked you for but some But we're, we're not giving it out, though. No, I'm not going to give it out. You have to get to that uh, $6,000 a month tier uh-huh. on the Nerdy Show Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, 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 had a, we had a recent review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, John, I believe you're going you're gonna to read that for us. Yeah, the okay. thing you're pointing at there, bucko. <laughs> this came from uh, Jeffro Tull. I love these nerds. Since 2009, Nerdy Show has been my go-to source for all the news I care about and... For news I didn't yet know that I should care about. Wow. Have we done news? Have we? Uh, not, uh, not on this episode yet. Oh. Oh. Mm. And, uh, we should give like this guy share. some news. All right. Let's give him some news. Hey, I love RoboCop, but I didn't give a fuck about the 2014 RoboCop. That just looked bad to me. It wasn't like, look, I Paul Verhoeven made a great film and... This new one, it clearly didn't have that same spirit. I'm, I know I've heard there's a couple good scenes, but generally everyone has confirmed my concerns that made sure I did not give it money. All right, cool. I, I took care of it. What'd you take care of? I sent Jeffro Tull some nudes. Oh, well, I'm gonna keep giving him the news then. So oh, he, oh. So shit. here's the deal. I'm, I misheard. RoboCop is coming back. Original continuity. RoboCop. RoboCop one through three i guess maybe maybe just one through two i i've never seen the third one it doesn't have P- peter weller and there so was I don't a care. third one yeah huh. came out in the early 90s okay anyway i saw the remake how yeah did you like it it was okay but it didn't feel like robocop it's robocop was one of those movies that was made in the 80s and it had this cheesy charm to it that is just really difficult to recreate in a way that isn't just a gritty sci-fi show right it was serious and funny simultaneously right a bit like, cartoony like on purpose right like like gremlins because it, it knows what it is it's a movie called robocop yeah paul verhoeven didn't say ah oh, yes i've made this uh i want to sound russian he's german but like i think he's german i don't know anyway he didn't make this movie called robocop thinking this is a very serious movie he's like yeah. this is a this is a socio-political science fiction satire right that is now shockingly close to reality <laughs> So, anyway, in the time when we need him most, RoboCop Returns, that's actually the title of the forthcoming film, provided that it gets made, but hopefully it will. It's going to be directed by Neil Blomkamp, the guy to District 9 and Chappie. Oh. I'm Um, interested now. It is a direct sequel to the 1987 film. Does that mean it counts the second one? I hope it does. The script was conceived years ago by the original film screenwriters Ed Neuermeyer and Michael Miner, and it's currently being rewritten by Justin Rhodes, who co-wrote the forthcoming Terminator reboot. We don't know how that is yet. As long as somebody shoots a dick, that's all but I here, care about. Here's a mo- <laughs> well, hopefully they'll bring <laughs> Fatal Farm on for the special <laughs> effects so we can get a scene 27 IRL. Exactly. Um, but here's the deal. So you might have, I just mentioned writers. A script. My one greatest criticism of Neil Blomkamp is that when he writes, everything falls apart. Chappie was a really, really well-made film that had a terrible fucking script. Yeah. And I'm not, not going to argue with that. It was an okay movie. Yeah, I don't I don't regret having watched it, but it could have been so much more if it was just written by someone else. I think And if Die Ant Weird wasn't in it. I liked Die Ant Weird. Yeah. 
But Blomkamp, he's a great director. And here he is doing someone else's script. And I'm so excited for that because I think that's where he can thrive. It's important to know your limitations. So for me as a third party, that's that's where I see it. So um, Neuermeyer and Miner are uh, producing and executive producing the sequel. So even though they, you know, there's somebody doing rewrites on it, they're still, they're still very involved. It's set in Detroit. The only thing we know about it right now is the, the anarchy reigns. The anarchy? Is that really happening? I don't know. This, well, this is what I, I wrote. The anarchy reigns and the fate of Detroit hangs in the balance as Robocop makes his triumphant return to fight crime and corruption. It has a zero connection whatsoever to the reboot. Yeah. I am all on board. Don't fuck this up. Is it no kind of like that one season from Community? <laughs> the uh, the one where Dan Harmon the wasn't there leak. with the gas leak. Oh like, we're just yeah. Gonna ignore oh, this. oh, the reboot. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just going to ignore this. Well, here's the thing, though. RoboCop has had a live action television series, an animated series for children, um, a third film that no one talks about, and this reboot. There's been a lot of RoboCop. There might have even been multiple live action series for all I know. There's been a lot of RoboCop that no one gives a shit about, except for diehard RoboCop fans who um, I don't know if they care for it either. Quite frankly, I've never met anybody who is really into any RoboCop yeah, say, beyond never, one and two. I've never met any of these people. I mean, everyone who's seen RoboCop can universally love RoboCop 1 and 2. I just don't know. The other stuff, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, the old, there's one good Crow movie, but there's an awful lot of Crow. If you if you love the Crow... Is you, there more than one Crow movie? Oh, yeah. There's, Why? There's uh, at least one theatrical film, probably like five sci-fi originals or I something like that. I think I like heard that. something about there being a reboot for that. Yeah, no, the... um. The buff dude, Jason Momoa, Aquaman. Oh, he's in it? He's playing the crow, which makes huh. no sense because the crow is a goth idol. You need to be lanky. Uh, the, you can only be as ripped as Brandon Lee. Mm. Come on. Like, I mean, yes. I'm not, I'm not one of those fans who's like, you can't change anything. But I'm saying if you, if you as an as a executive say, hey, we've got this property called the crow. I want to make a film about it. I want to make that crow money. It was really successful at one point in time. Why haven't we been able to do that again? The answer is you're catering specifically to the goth demographic. Mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of Jason Momoa's in the goth demographic. Brandon Lee was a good looking guy, but a, you know, a wafy. Maybe they'll keep him out of the sun for a couple of years and tell him not to work out. Yeah. I think like that would be like destroying his greatest assets. Right. Because he's he's Aquaman. That's what he's known for. Yeah. It's like just being ripped. No, yeah. he, he's Ronan from Stargate Atlantis, and he'll always be that to me. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, he's been in all sorts of shit, but yeah, I mean, like he's fucking crazy ripped. So getting him skinny would right. be... someone. It's like someone said to an executive, the crow is a superhero. No, the crow is not a superhero. The crow is a, is a romantic ghost story. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Set in a post-apocalyptic world of Halloween riots. I mean, I don't even think The Crow would need to be remade. I mean, if they wanted to make more money, why couldn't they just re-release it in theaters? That yeah, probably, with special effects. It would cost less money, and more. they probably would make the same amount that they would make on the re-release. Well, you know what's, you know what's silly is they've, they, there's been a lot of comic books of The Crow, and I haven't read a lot of them. I'm not a huge Crow fan. I like the first film a lot, and that's really where it starts and ends for me. Um, no one's ever, like, there's been a female Crow probably multiple times there are what in the comics oh in the comics there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of variables to what can be done within the confines of the crow universe such as it is but like they don't call it a chronoverse they probably should if they don't (laughs) 
That's, uh, that's a free one for him. Okay, and enjoy, folks. See, we're, we're here all night. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Um, that sucks. <laughs> People shouldn't shouldn't do that. Um, I have one other weird news bite. If uh, comic, comic stores last week were all surprised by getting delivered a comic book that they didn't order. If... If they ordered, uh, well, if they ordered Robert Kirkman's recent series, that's the Robert Kirkman creator of Walking Dead and Invincible, um, if they ordered his recent series, which unfortunately I can't remember the name of right now, I was certain I would, um, then they were given a brand new book for free in the exact quantities that they ordered his prior series that just started like six months ago. Was this intentional? Yeah. A new book called Die, Die, Die was secret released to all comic stores Surprising even the retailers themselves last week. That's crazy. No one's ever done and anything like it before. Yeah, because it's probably illegal. Right? It's, like, no, it's not. I bought product X and you delivered this other no, thing. No, 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 no. They bought product X six months prior. They got that book. And as a reward for investing in independent comic books. So they just gave them they more. Gave, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I they ga- they gave them fair. more of exclusive covers of which there were 10 varieties of. Oh, God. Exclusive covers. I mean, Robert Kirkman <laughs> likes to have fun. So Die, Die, Die is a, like, political action movie satire co-written by, by one of the, like, showrunners for Walking Dead. Um, and it's, like, it's, a, it's about a bunch, it's about, it's about a secret, as much as I can gather from one issue, it's about, um, there's a secret cabal in the world that when bad shit's happening, they send in assassins to take care of it. So, like, they don't run the world, but they make sure that, like, the people who are just complete fucks get taken out. And in this case, um, one of those assassins is trying to solve this this big problem. Uh, he's His handler appears to be someone who's like, I guess, Hillary Clinton. Um, and uh, he gets he gets his nose chopped off and she gets sent a nose. And then uh, this one guy has to go find this dude's like triplet brother to help him track down his brother whose nose got chopped off. Hmm. And it's this weird action comedy. It seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's called Die, Die, Die. Um, and it sounds I, like it would be really like a nightmare scenario for Kristen to have your nose chopped off. You would probably be sent blind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do, you, do you just need the hole or do you need the whole nose? I, that's an interesting question, Kristen. I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the answer I to that think... is you would still be able to smell unless they also like poured acid into your entire nostril cavity that sounds horrible why would anyone do that to me so what Uh, what, you know if you want to ruin somebody's ability to smell do it the right way hmm so it's your sinuses that smell it's not actually your nose yeah no the nose is just tied to your taste buds as well like like no 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 well uh, so that fecal smells getting into my mouth well you know smell is 90 (laughs) percent of taste when you smell actual fecal, you're actually getting particles oh, of gross. fecal in your nose, right? But it's oh. also, it, no, it's worse than that, Board, because the reality of it is is that that's the only place where neurons are actually directly exposed to the outside world. So it's physically touching your brain. Gross. John's you're weirding welcome. me out, Cap. Okay, I'm changing <laughs> the subject right now to something that I care about, and that is the fact that Sasha Baron Cohen is coming back, and I'm super excited about it. And it's not... The nerdiest thing in the world, but I just wanted to mention it at least. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so it hasn't happened yet as of this recording. Um, but it is happening as of this release. So Sasha, it's already Yeah, out. like Sunday, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, a.k.a. Ali G, a.k.a. Borat, a.k.a. Bruno, has secretly been recording some kind of 
show in well, the Well, I've vein. got a little bit of an insight on that. Oh, yeah? Because I've been crawling around the Twitters lately, and uh, he's been kind of throwing throwing us some bones on Twitter. And uh, his his new character is called Dr. Billy Wayne Ruddick Jr. Okay. And uh, he's got a he's got a website set up for this character. How the fuck did anybody assume that that was a real person with a name like that? I I don't know, but but his website, he he might have used this website as like some sort of a cover, like uh, as part of his you know backing. But it's called truthbrary.org. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like it's it's got the word library, but lie is stamped out with truth. So it's truthbrary.org, and uh, he's he's been tricking politicians into giving him interviews, and uh, it looks like it's going to be hilarious. Um, there's a few politicians that have been freaking out. Because uh, they realize that they spoke with this dude? Yeah, because they realize yeah, that, they, that they've been talking to him. <laughs> I feel like I heard a little bit about some of the stuff that's happened, and I was like, oh my yeah, he, God. For oh example, God. He, he tricked Sarah Palin into an interview, and uh, if, if you want, I've got a letter uh, that he wrote to Sarah Palin. <laughs> Please. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, we're, we we try not to get political here, but but this is just reporting. And uh, also, he's is, one of the greatest comedic minds of our generation. I so. I absolutely love everything that he's ever done. Basically. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so this is him as his character, Doctor Billy Wayne Ruddick Jr. Uh, writing back to Sarah Palin, who has been like, I think she's threatened to sue him, and like she's good luck with that. She's been getting super pissed off. Uh, about this so so he writes vice president palin i am dr billy wayne ruddick founder slash ceo slash accountant of truthbrary.org and it was i that interviewed you i did not say i was a war vet i was in the service not military but united parcel (laughs) now if if i have any weird uh this is kind of weirdly punctuated but because i believe it's you know supposed to be the way character talked but Anyway, and I only fought for my country once when I shot a Mexican who came onto my property. Coincidentally, just like our great president, I was sadly prevented from joining the regular army on account of bone spurs being discovered in my testes. (laughs) (laughs) I have always admired you for telling the truth, that's in all caps, about Obama's birth certificate and the location of Russia. (laughs) But ma'am, I do believe you have been hit by a bullshit grenade and you are now bleeding fake news. You used to hunt the most dangerous animals in the country like wolves and people on welfare. So why hunt a fine citizen journalist like myself? I demand an apology. Dr. Billy Wayne Ruddick Jr. (laughs) Wow. So that's probably not something that will show up on the show, but that's sort of a fun letter that uh, was an open letter that was posted on Twitter. Yeah. That I, I really enjoyed. So, I mean the, the head of uh, the, the, the top of this page of the, the truthbrary.org says, reject the mainstream media and the library of false information. They try to push into the public. There are mind. a ton of articles that are hilarious on there. Read some of those article headlines. Oh gosh. Okay. So, um, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of what you'd expect, like crooked Hillary, but also, uh, Hillary is Satanist Illuminati. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, like, none of this stuff is even funny, practically, because they actually were peddling this before. I mean, that was the whole Pizzagate uh, thing. Yeah, honestly, Bohr, I'm going to say that the vast majority of these headlines are totally, like, actual Breitbart things. <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Okay, accurate. And ev- accurate. Even, even Hillary is a Satanist Illuminati. That is still, you know, Pretty much what we've all heard before. Yeah, like, they, <laughs> they, ha- they have been pretty tight-lipped about 
almost everything regarding this. Uh, other than what I have gathered on Twitter, that's probably the most information that I've seen. I mean, there was a, te- a teaser clip as well that showed, I believe, Dick Cheney uh, autographing oh, yeah, yeah. A, a, what was called a <laughs> waterboarding, waterboarding kit. kit. <laughs> but we haven't seen what the character, like, what his getup looks like or anything yet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, is... I'm really looking forward to Sunday. Uh, you can already see it if you're listening to this right now. It, I mean, this is this is like... The, the, this was announced so quickly and yeah. it's being released so like when it, it's, now this letter that was posted on twitter yeah. uh, i just wanted to show how how fast all this shit came out uh this when this letter was posted on twitter he posted it under the twitter name of the character so the character's twitter account right uh-huh there was like around 150 followers to this twitter account when i found this letter right uh-huh i checked back a couple hours later and it's like couple thousand <laughs> so <laughs> all it all it took was him retweeting it and this you know character has a crap load of followers but yeah we've just been kind of getting trickles of information about this and it's great so far i mean you know pretty much everyone in the world has seen borat He's oh cult- yeah yeah borat, touchdown. And a lot of people have seen bruno also bruno i don't think was quite as popular I mean, yeah it didn't land anywhere near as hard yeah um and and if a lot of people don't seem to be very uh knowledgeable about ali g Right, which but is all crazy. of Ali G's old stuff, which the original Ali G show on the BBC and then the the HBO special was always a combination of three of his characters. Yeah. It was always Ali G, Borat, and Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, and fantastic freaking shows, very hilarious. He's been fucking around with politicians and people in various authoritative positions in Britain and the United States throughout the entire thing of it. So kind of screwing around with politicians and people in power and and celebrities that have no idea what's going on is definitely right up his alley. Yeah, I mean and what Ali G's gimmick originally was, I mean was it was this this <laughs> like white british ghetto dude yeah. straight out of stains straight coming straight out of stains which is a real place i know it's a real place <laughs> just so that everybody else knows that <laughs> now listen he was from west stains and he was in the massive the west stains massive that massive is, right. yeah um big up. I mean, but but he was but he was talking to american politicians and so they they thought they were talking to like some kind of you know youth person um it's a I, so this it's very appropriate that now he's He's come up with like another angle to do that again because he was doing he was doing that work before, um, like before the Daily Show was doing some of its best work at all. Oh, yeah. he, pre- he predated all of that. Yep. So like now it's his opportunity to take what he pioneered and take it to this next level, which is pretty interesting. Like I, mean, I, I can't wait to see like what the character looks like because everybody knows what he looks like. So I can only imagine that he's done himself but, up in I some mean, sort of an unrecognizable did, like, way. Like Borat, Ali G, and Bruno all. Like they're the same person, but they all have such a distinct right. difference Style. aesthetically. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, maybe he'll bomb, but he probably won't. It's. Just, I'm. I'm very excited to see how this goes down. Did you guys ever hear the album for the LEG movie? The album? Yeah. yeah. LEG into sound. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard it. It's no. incredible. He's, he's, it? he's acting as DJ in character the entire time. Oh God, I got to find this immediately because Into House was one of my. I love that movie. It's fucking great. Uh. Charles Dance, I believe, was in it. What What is his name? He's the Game of Thrones guy, the old guy. Asking the wrong person. Oh. I've never watched a Game of Thrones. Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious movie. Even though you, you you should watch the old 
Ali G shows before you watch that movie, probably, so you have a better idea of who the character is. But there's a show happening right now in Adult Swim called Mostly for Millennials. It's number four, um, which is if you ever saw years ago, maybe ten years ago at this point, there was a show called Totally Four Teens that was a pilot <clears throat> hosted by a guy named Derek Beckles, um, and he's done a lot of shows since then, like uh, Newsreaders and um, and so on on, on Adult Swim. So mostly for millennials actually got greenlit. It's a full blown show and it's produced by Eric Andre. And it's basically, I think, I don't know if, I assume that there's another Eric Andre show coming, but Eric Andre at this point is pretty well known. Everyone knows what he looks like. No one knows what Derek Beckles looks like right now in terms of like large scale stuff. So he's got this show that's like, what if it's like, a, it's a, like an Ali G, um, Eric Andre millennial hybrid show. Okay. That is, it's it's very disturbing. It's very warped. It's very strange. I'm just saying, like, if you like Ali G specifically, I do. You may be interested. I've been saying that in this super surreal, um, Eric Andreified version of that Hmm. for the the modern era. Okay. Um, For example, here's an example. I'll uh, try it. He gets a room full of. But you tried to get me to watch that Scopolio Peepio show, and (laughs) that was that was a different program this is a different program okay. for example in this show there's an episode where i'm just saying i don't 100 percent trust you all the time I, and likewise the feeling's mutual sure um <laughs> <laughs> so he gets a he gets a room full of conservatives and is going to talk to them about millennials and, and fucks around with them for a while has them role play has them put on like wigs and so on and like hey you talk to this person and let's role play so talk to this millennial um and it's very awkward and very like exposes a bunch of like really uh disturbing mindsets and then that does remind me of how ali g used to get panels of people Mm -hmm. and talk to him about difficult topics like he'd he'd get like various like a priest a rabbi uh like a pastor all these religious people together and he'll start asking them weird sex questions yeah and then he'll be talking about his big long dick because you know it's about down to my knee you know (sighs) so so then he rolls a guy in on the like one of those like back brace things so you're like you know you're you're like horizontal like and vertical, you know, like but upside down. Not 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 like a not like on a dolly. Yeah, no, this is like a medical thing. Okay, like but he's turned upside down and his ass is exposed, <clears throat> and and he is and and he gives him an, an enema of like some kind of clear alcohol. Um, and I forget I forget there was a cute name for it. But basically, he's like, this is the cool thing all the kids are doing right now, and all these people. Is it ever clear? It was like Everclear. I okay. mean, like, and, and all these people like believe that this is happening, and they're like, they think this is the next Tide Pods. That he's showing them like this, like. <laughs> it, okay, I do have to watch this. I think. It, it's an interesting show. It's a very challenging show. It's a very difficult show to watch. Um, but Eric uh, Derek Beckles is doing some uh, some very interesting social pranking stuff. Um, it's not for everybody. I'm just going to put that out. It's not for everybody. I'm not even sure if it's for me, but, I, but I'm but i fascinated <laughs> by it. Interesting. Okay. John, um, we've we've had you on the show for far, 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 far too long without you dropping some science on us. What's new with science? This is going to be what closes out the show, so it better be good. No pressure. Uh, no pressure. Uh, a team made a 3D color x-ray machine? What? Who did? A 3D color x-ray machine. Yeah. Who did? Who did? Who made it? They did? Just them? Yeah, them. The people. 
with the thing. John, you're you're a sci-tech correspondent. I don't have any notes. I don't remember specific people about anything. That's the whole problem. I do concepts. Concepts. Okay, fine. What what is my the concept? Of is Where is it getting the it's colors a, it's from? It's a New Zealand company called Mars Bioimaging. Thank you, John. Thank yeah, you. There you go. Okay, um, so where is it getting the colors from? It from borrows X-ray. technology developed from the Large Hadron Collider at CERN to produce far more detailed results mm-hmm, than mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something. You know what's really fun? Um, if you misspell the word Hadron Collider and you're trying to go to their website, and you go to accidentally go to the large... So which porn the site large, does it take you to? No, you go to the Large Hard-On Collider. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. it, there's no porn involved. Well, this is like the White House? But, eh, no. Back in the old days? No, it's just a comedy yeah, website. Yeah. It's just a comedy website. There's just a, a crude mm. drawing of a dick. Oh. Uh, I don't know. That's considered to be pornography in Australia. Oh, whatever. Anyway, so they take a 3D x-ray, and they're actually using radiation. It's not... But the point is is that they're able to determine like what's bone, what's fat, what's muscle, and then artificially colored x-rays. Because I've had 3D x-rays of my head taken before when they're trying to... But like, they weren't in full HG colorized stuff. They weren't, but it cost like $700. Yeah medicine's a bitch is it weird that i don't think that's a lot of money for procedures in hospitals this was just like they had a machine at an orthodontist you know it was an orthodontist an endodontist and uh you know it took like 20 seconds and they already had the machine laying around and they charged me 700 dollars to anytime anything in medical costs less than a thousand dollars i'm always like that was such a good deal no, not in this case. Here, have these individually packaged. And it wasn't in color. It was piece. crappy old black and white. Did you at least autograph it? No. Did ha, the doctors ha, ha, autograph it, was, it? It was digital. You didn't even get a hard copy for that. No, one? it was. How would you get a hard copy? It was three D. John. Well, I mean, the answer to that is you can literally just three D print that out. Oh, then yeah, you can just print it, I guess. So with this three D, but I, I took home it's the three D printed version. With my head. With this color body. 3D scan, it, it is fascinating. It looks like something from a sci-fi film. and That was my thought. I was like, this looks like the you know medical section from like uh, Serenity or something, uh, practically. You can, like, you can differentiate uh, bone, muscle, technology. fats, liquids, and other material in the body. Like, yeah. It sees everything. And then it colorizes it. Yeah, which allows them to observe... Like you could potentially, dis- they were saying you could potentially discover other medical problems and what you're even looking for because you'll have such a broad idea of what you're seeing. You're seeing, you're actually, it is showing you so much more. It's not just color. It's not just aesthetic. There's really, there's a practical application to doing this. It's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, any extra information we have is always a good thing. Assuming well, yeah, that's, I you mean, know, real. I, I can definitely see noise. the benefit of this because in in that same said example uh where they're you know looking around 3d in my head trying to find some sort of a tooth problem uh they were like oh yeah this your shadow uh it might be something you know like well right and maybe if they had more information they you know they'd be they'd have an idea what the fuck that shadow was and that winds up being the whole point though because like ultimately when you're talking about mris and those sorts of things generally like you're talking about basically looking at individual slices of you know a three-dimensional structure like your head and so the problem is people don't see 2D and 3D, but the computers can. They understand the right. entire data set as a matrix. And so they can actually understand each one of those geometries, what they are, what they should be, and what they aren't, let's mm-hmm. say. As opposed to a human doctor who's having to like go like, okay, well, here's page one, page two, page three, you know, basically like cycling through, going through the layers down, back up again, having to like try to call that information into their mind, figure out how it's all going together. The computer already knows it all. 
So if well, you can teach I, the computer to identify parts like this, fats and bones or whatever, then they could the really The way I understood it that is up. that if, if you really understand what's going on and you're really into the matrix, you can just stare at the raw data and understand what's going on. I learned this, you know, around the year 2099, something like that. It's the year 2099. You just, you just stare at the matrix code and you, you know exactly what's going on. So right. you're thinking that maybe the doctors just haven't gotten to that level yet. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe with enough augmentation, you know, we just start cutting into their heads, and uh, maybe they'll be able to have the code, uh, you know... Just downloaded directly into their skull. You know, through the triffination, right? Uh, I don't... What, I, what, what is that word? What? What's a triffining? What? Is that like, um... <laughs> is that some kind of different Highlander movie? Are you threatening me? <laughs> anyway, the point is... is oh, he's, that, like, he's not going to explain himself, he's just saying... <laughs> Anyway, you plebeians don't understand triffining, so let me see if I can find some other words. No, all of a sudden I'm like, Christ, is my brain broken? Did I say the word wrong? It's always possible. <laughs> no, we just have no idea what you're talking about. It's fine. Triffination? Uh, I just I attempted to look it up. Uh, Urban Dictionary has nothing. <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. I, in my head, I hope you went straight and you started at Urban Dictionary. Uh, really, I typed in triffining into Google, and that was the second result, was that there's nothing on Urban Dictionary. All right, anyway, layman's terms. Hmm? What were you trying to say? You cut a hole in the skull. The information comes in. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. It's the so, way for the dust to enter. So anyway, do we have anything else regarding this? Any talking points? I mean, it, it exists. It's, it's cool. cool. It's, I like it's it. It's cool. Have a look I'm, at it. We'll link to it on this episode's page. Sweet. That's all there is to it. So... Uh, I know you said we were going to close with that, but I, I really wanted to talk about how I've gotten into God Twitter damn it, lately. It's trepanning. But apparently, the other word <laughs> actually is a thing into itself. <laughs> hey, you, operate what? on with a tripping, which you, you, is a seventeenth-century Latin. Yeah. So I've gotten tired of arguing with people on Facebook, right? So now I've taken all my arguments over to Twitter. That sounds like a good platform to argue on. Yeah, I think so. So far, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Like. Just before we started recording this episode, I was a jerk to trench like for three or four tweets. It was pretty good. That sounds uh, that sounds real nice. Yeah, but here's the thing, nerdy show listeners, is I need more followers. So you need to go to Twitter slash w no no what what is my my Twitter handle? It's go to twitter dot com slash bore wtf. That's b o r w t f. And and you can at me and and I'll argue with you too. And I'm at Cat Blackard, and I only say nice things. No, it's not. It's not. I, I will say mean things to you. We'll get. Uh, I'll bring you down to my level. I'll block you. Yeah. Well. Hey. Interesting. Did I ever tell you about how one time? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> So Adam Baldwin, uh, he played Jane in uh, yeah, Firefly. Yeah, he's, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he is a piece of shit. And I, at one time, I, I, I pissed him off enough on Twitter that I got him to block me. Nice. Yeah, but I, I, I took it like probably a seven or eight year hiatus from Twitter. Uh, I made my Twitter account, and I think it said two thousand seven. And uh, <laughs> well, you did score bore WTF, and I feel like even though those are that would be nonsense to anybody else, that's probably oh, I actually changed my name a few days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so just no one wanted it. Yeah, nobody, nobody wanted it. I, I, I tried to get just at bore so I can have that, but it's like something completely different. 
uh, at bore is burnt orange report. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Well, it's the top political blog in the Lone Star State. Our eyes are on Texas politics. Yeah, it's dumb. They need to give that to me. Yeah, burnt orange report. That's a terrible. What does that even fucking mean? That's fucking weird. Yeah. It's not as cool as me. That's I all feel I'm like saying. it's a reach. Like maybe they thought you were going to ask for that. Though. Probably. How can we make this so he can't have this? Yeah. If I would have thought of 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 claiming that name back when I started the account, I totally could have had it because my account is older than theirs. But whatever. Um, my I, bad. I also want to circle back to uh, trepening. Right. Um, which I I'm on the Wikipedia page it's for. It's late. I I have the, the not slept. Head- a total it's the eight act, hours. That's the act why. of creating trap music. <laughs> it's the act of creating a hole in someone's head. A surgical uh, hole is drilled into the human skull. Uh, the top image in it is from is by Hieronymus Bosch. Um, really? Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> the extraction of the stone of madness. And it's some folks out in a field, um, and there is a guy wearing a funnel on his head, carving a hole into a very disturbed-looking man. Looks like oh god, it's it's not it's not fun. This is not a fun practice. And there's a there's a human skull from the Neolithic period showing some trepanning that happened. Um, the funny part about it is though, is like you actually can perform it as a medical procedure to an extent back in the day, relieving pressure on the brain effectively, but. You know, most of the reasons why they did things was never the reasons that they should have, even if they worked. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What's hmm. your Twitter handle, John? Um, I never I don't go on there after the 2016 election. Oh. But it used to be uh, John underscore West. Well, if you want to never interact with John, find him on, on Twitter at John underscore West. And how about you, Kristen? Are you active on Twitter at all? I'm active on my fragrance Twitter, not so much my personal Twitter anymore. That's okay. It's beauty underscore meow underscore. That's a lot of underscores. Beauty. Well, I mean, sometimes sometimes you got to throw a, uh, an underscore in there. For example, uh, State of the Empire couldn't get Willow Watch as our Twitter because that's a, a fan page dedicated to Will Smith's daughter. What? Oh. That is wow. Fucked. Yep. Uh, and she was pretty young when it started. So, yeah, not necessarily great. Nope. Um, so we're Willow Watch underscore now, which is less than ideal. Yeah, wow. I, I think I have the same reaction as John does right now. <laughs> Uneasy. All right. Well, I just followed you on Twitter, and now I'll I'm going to tweet to you. I'm going to tweet to you about random scents that I smell. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so going to follow you now. In the, in the men's bathroom, got a, some sharp notes of fecal uh, <laughs> with uh, some very pungent urine. It's uh, <laughs> hints of sulfur, uh, perhaps rotten and, uh, eggs. And what do you call rotten beer? Some uh, some blue uh, blue urinal cake. The back alley. Some sharp yeah. sharp notes of blue urinal cake here. I got some back alley musk here. <laughs> back alley musk. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah. And yet somehow all about Tesla news. There, now well, I'm following what? you so we can get into arguments. Back alley I'm excited. musk. Ba-dum-bum. I get it. I get yeah. it now. Ooh, Black Al- Back Alley Musk is available, John, so you can Ooh. you can rejoin Twitter and, and tweet all the uh, As the, long as you snag it on before we air this episode. Yeah. Back Alley Musk. Get some Back Alley Musk up in your mouth. <laughs> I, I want to tweet at Black Alley Musk, so if you could go ahead and secure that. <laughs> but uh, the reason that I, uh, that I took uh, that Twitter handle, Bore WTF, WTF 
is because I own the domain bore.wtf. So in the future, I haven't done anything with it yet. It just kind of goes to my my uh, uh, Twitch channel. But in the future, maybe I'll I'll do something with that. So I'm I'm setting stuff up for the future that I don't even know anything about. And that's why your header image is space with a galaxy in it. Yep. You're thinking about the future. I'm thinking about space. Yeah. Cool. Oh, hey, definitely not a lizard man. That's good that you've you've assured <laughs> me of that. That's something a lizard man would say. Good profile. No, that's what a red blooded American would say. That's a that's a very that's very good. That's like my my profile says, you know, my pronouns are they them, and yours says definitely not a lizard man. I think yeah. that's a very important information that everyone. Uh, nerdy one of Nerdy Show's uh, favorite fans, Dizdon Bates. Uh, he was tweeting at me about the lizard man thing. He was questioning my uh, my lizard man. He, I think he had a similar question to what you were just saying. Like, wouldn't wouldn't lizard, lizard man say that? Ah, he says. But are you sure you're not a lizard man? I hear you don't like peeps. And you know that peeps and dilk are the only two real ways to overcome any lizard drugs meant to make you all ready to accept their eating of your gonads. That was a very involved tweet. It was, but... Now, are these peeps but, but like I came people back to him, like my peeps, or are they like peeps the candy that you get around Easter? Peeps the, the candy that you get around you Easter. You have to burn them. They taste amazing when they're on fire. Oh, I thought you were going to say burn them and then and then just you know, throw them in the trash because that's where I think they belong. Um, so I, I replied to him because, you know, I'm just going to read some tweets because that's basically like news reporting. Professional news reporting is mainly just reading tweets these days. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to continue. Uh-huh. So I replied to, to Dizdon and I said, I consider myself a skeptic and therefore I am rarely a hundred percent sure about anything. I don't know how to prove without a doubt that I am not a lizard, but I am quite certain of it. And I will operate under the assumption that I am not until proven otherwise. Hmm. Hmm. So that's how that's what I have to say about. That's what I think about, about whether or not we're all in just a virtual reality game right now. <laughs> you're, I want to point out your first tweet, which I can very easily get to because you've tweeted so little. <laughs> I, I told you I took a really long break. Only it was it was on March thirteenth, and I cleaned out some old shit. Two thousand seven. Yep. Watching this hilarious video. And it was a link to some. <laughs> it's a dead link. It, no, it, it works. It's, it's, oh, it, it does. It was a kid uh, blowing out some birthday candles, and there's some puppets. I don't know what it is. What? Um, and I, your, I, your second tweet, which was over a month later, <laughs> it was almost was four months later. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It was all I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. <laughs> Just shake your rump. <laughs> and then. A, a less, slightly less than a year later, <laughs> you returned to Twitter, where you said, "I'm going to try using Twitter as a form of microblogging since I rarely have the patience to write out a long post." <laughs> and it didn't really last very long. No, it didn't. No, uh, I went really hard at it for like five more tweets, and then I took a break <laughs> for several years. <laughs> so, welcome back. Uh, yeah. I think I finally figured it out, though. Uh, I think I think I'm getting a hang on Twitter, and I, I, I'm liking the way information flows on Twitter better than better than Facebook. Because you I, mean like at all? I, I yeah, exactly. Things happen. Yeah, and actual Fuck news Facebook. comes through instead of just you whatever know, like, dribble they keep shuffling in your mouth over yeah, and over Facebook again. Facebook is always to me like all of the quote unquote news or any memes or anything you see is like shit that I saw on Reddit four weeks ago. Anyway, yeah, if so, you're lucky. So, you know, I, I like I like keeping up to date on, on what's going on with friends and family on Facebook, but I, 
I, I kind of I'm, I'm sick of all the. Well, other I mean, stuff. ever after they fucked up the timeline anyway, and then of course all the shit with like the company. I need to be on the bleeding edge. Over, I need to talk to people about what's going on right now. Right. So what's going on right now? That's why I, I don't know. Twitter. I'm not on Twitter right now. You We're on Nerdy what? Show. Twitter was too goddamn real. Yeah. Plus, we're just about out of time. Made to stare into the oh, darkness. Oh, we're, we're, this is a longer than average episode. Yeah. It's been a very fragrant episode, a very powerful episode. So, um, I'm going to tweet about it. Oh, what are you going to tweet? You should do it right now. Live, live tweet from the podcast. That's, yeah. that's relevant. That's socially relevant. It, is it? Weirdest recording ever. <laughs> I might retweet you if it's something worthwhile. LOL, JK, photo of John West. WTF, BBQ. Yeah, that's it. That's JK. the stuff right there. JK. JK. John and Kristen, JK. So, uh, incidentally, when Doctor Who said, for JK, it was for us. Yeah. I thought he said, for JJ. Is is that your, like... That was an actual thing that happened. Is that your couple power name, JK? Yes. That was literally in Doctor Who. He literally said that. That isn't what I asked. We're really lazy, (laughs) so yes. It's not as good as our friends who's St. Freckles. Huh. Okay. St. Freckles. Fascinating. I love it. Cool. Well, on that peculiar note, <laughs> we're gone. Bye. See you later. Yeah. Bye. Later. <laughs>